Getting tired of your lunch options? Change it up with Little Caesars Hot and Ready Lunch Combo. Wowee, the winds of change. Get four slices of pepperoni deep, deep dish pizza, plus a 20-ounce drink, now for only four bucks. Goodbye. Where are you going? Little Caesars, obviously. Get the Little Caesars Lunch Combo, now just four bucks, hot and ready, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. weekdays. Available at participating locations for a limited time plus tax. What is up, everybody? This is G Marie coming to you live and in full effect with. G Marie taught me the podcast. Today's episode, um, episode eight, I can't believe it. I'm actually on the eighth episode uh, for whatever reason. I thought I was like on the seventh episode, but that was the impromptu recording uh, that I did earlier this week. Um, but on today's episode, um, we're going to talk about a very sensitive subject, but yet something that needs to be discussed um, within the community. It's actually a title from my book, Chronicles of a Bitter Bitch. Um, The title is Depression Made Me a Bitter Bitch. The reason why I finally decided to talk about um, mental health awareness, because for a while I've struggled with depression and anxiety um, for a very, very long time, but I noticed that it got worse (laughs) once I, um, got in college and then really just got out on my own. Um, but this is something that a lot of us tend to kind of sweep under the rug because especially being an African-American female, um, we're always taught to emulate this strong black woman and, It's not always like that all the time. Um, But yes, I, Gabrielle Marie Smith, have struggled with depression for a while. Um, It's been on and off. I, some some days are better than others. Um, I'm able to manage it, but um, I still think it's important for anybody that struggles with depression to um, seek intervention. Somebody that you can actually trust um, it's very important to talk about it. So that way, um, negative precautions aren't taken as far as dealing with, um, maintaining mental health, uh, depression and anxiety. So in my book, I talk about, um, a lot of the things that triggered my depression and, um, for, for so long, a lot of people, tend to place depression in a category where it's like, hey, you know, one day I wake up happy and then the next day, you know, I just woke up sad type of thing because I felt like being sad. But really, it's more of an imbalance um, when struggling with depression. And it's not something that just happens all of a sudden. Um, So I've been doing some research and uh, millennials primarily struggle with depression. Um, so 
there is a commentary blog called the 30.birdie.com and um, the writer of this blog did some research so I'm just going to read something from their blog. Um, the rise of social media is definitely a significant factor um, according to Pew Research Institute. 88% of people between the ages of 18 to 29 years old are on some kind of social media network, if not multiple. Um, a majority report visiting Instagram every single day, and 38% report visiting the app multiple times per day. Scientists have found that simply getting a like triggers a, a dopamine pump, which ultimately triggers an addiction cycle, not unlike drugs. But what it talks about is um, social media primarily is a trigger for a lot of people that struggle with uh, mental health issues and depression. Um, I strongly agree with that. Um, also want to read that um, research finds that black Americans, um, African Americans, that they're the 20% that are more likely experience mental health conditions than any other general population. But sadly, a variety of factors prevent proper treatment. 25% seek professional help compared to the 40% of whites with mental health conditions due to stigma, distrust, and socioeconomic factors. Um, this is very true. Uh, for a very, very long time, African Americans have been taught to, you know, kind of pretend that everything is okay when really everything is not okay. And something uh, that I'm learning as a person who has struggled with depression and maintaining um, healthy mental health, it's okay not to be okay. That's probably been the um, quote of the week as far as just the conversation I've had with certain people about, you know, stuff that has been bothering me. Um, I didn't just come out and say that hey, you know, I've actually been struggling with depression for a very long time. Um, I lost a cousin to a depression. She committed suicide um, in around 95, 96. And the irony in all of that is she stayed in the same apartment complex that I stayed in and like literally in the building next to my building. And they the police found her dead in her apartment so when I finally learned the news about that my parents finally told me about that um it definitely put a damper as far as staying in the complex because she was a favorite cousin of mine and to go from you know being around her at the age of like four and five and being in her presence and then finding out, not even when she died, I found out maybe like five or six years later, um, right around the same time that my grandmother had got sick because my parents felt like it was too much for me to deal with because we had just buried my great-grandmother, Ida. But there was a situation where I was having a conversation with a family member and I guess it was a disagreement. And my cousin basically, you know, told me, about my other cousin being dead and me not knowing about it. And of course I was very confused because I'm like, 
what are you talking about? My cousin is in uh, Virginia in college. That was the story that my parents told me for a very long time when, in fact, she had died um, because she had killed herself. She was struggling with depression for a while, on and off, and she had never really talked to anybody about it. So the last time my parents saw her, they saw her and she seemed fine. And this was like two days before she committed suicide. They uh, went to visit her at her apartment and everything. And um, I remember my dad telling me the story last Christmas that he knew that she stayed in the complex, but something, some memory triggered in his brain. And he remembered that her apartment building was literally like attached to my apartment building. So that was really hard for me to deal with. And that was probably a trigger too um, for my depression uh, besides, you know, burying Gary around his birthday and the holidays and stuff. Um, something that I am doing now is meditating um, just to figure out what triggers my depression. And oftentimes it's people. Um, it could be relationships with people or friendships with people that no longer serve a positive meaning um it can be places things that remind me of certain things um certain songs trigger it it's just it's a lot but the most important thing is again to know that it's okay not to be okay and that's something um, that African-Americans, we don't accept and we don't openly admit that it's okay not to be okay because we've, I mean, we've endured so much just dating back to slavery. We've endured so much as a culture that depression is just, you know, something that we're immune to. I mean, people die every day and we're immune to it it's like we're used to it because it happens so much um tragic things happen in our lives uh whether it's you know sexual assault rape um other traumatic things and we're we're just we're immune to it it's like a part of our everyday life like getting up and brushing your teeth and making a bed and going to work and then coming back home but I just want my audience uh, that's listening and it doesn't primarily um, target African-Americans, but just people in general, like you have to seek some type of help. And that was something that I was against for a very long time because of not being able to trust the stigma of suffering depression as an African-American female. Um, as far as the socioeconomic factor, um, therapy is not cheap, but there are options. There is a, um, a blog, well, website too. Um, it's called therapyforblackgirls.com. And the young lady, she has a podcast. Um, I haven't actually listened to it yet, but I've been told... That it's a really good podcast for people um, that need some type of reassurance, some type of guidance and 
simply they just need somebody um, willing to listen to them. And I strongly, strongly suggest that if there is anybody that's listening um, to this podcast, if you are struggling with any sort of mental health disorder, and I say disorder even though I use the term loosely, but if you're struggling with maintaining mental health, you need to talk to somebody. I, too, have to seek some type of um, guidance to help me with maintaining my depression, um, mainly because I don't want it to result to um, self-medication. And I want to talk about this on the podcast because this is something that um, I haven't really been able to accept. And we haven't gotten to the root of everything, but I'm going to bring up Gary. Uh, when Gary and I were, when we started back dating, I noticed that he had a drinking problem. And there was a lot that he was going through um, in his life, and I didn't understand what it was. And there were times where he would come over to the house and, you know, we would chill. And it's early in the morning, and he's drinking, like, a mixed drink. <laughs> and that it raised some concern for me because I never known Gary to be a drinker. He was always a smoker. Um, but it was kind of like he was self-medicating himself from something that was troubling him. And I, I don't want to admit this, but I really think the reason why Gary passed away was because he was drunk driving. Um, I ride past the accident scene almost every other day and, and I still, I still try to figure it out. I still try to put it together, but really what it's coming down to, um, and even though when I consulted his boss, cause he was coming from work on his way to my house, his boss said he had only had a beer, but earlier that day, um, his cousin had admitted to me that they had been drinking earlier because his aunt had passed away. Not even like two weeks after Gary, I mean, before Gary passed away. And his cousin noticed then that he had had a drinking problem. Um, his best friend noticed he had a drinking problem. And I had talked to Gary about it, you know, every so often. But Gary brushed it off like, it's it's okay. Like, I'm I'm good. You know, I don't need anything. But in all actuality... He felt like a burden to people. And I'm trying not to cry even recording this, but you got to seek help. You have to seek help because you it, it can result to something more traumatic than what it needs to be. And I lost a good friend because he wouldn't talk to anybody. So I think it is so important when you are struggling with mental health that you find the help that you need. You you have to because things like that happen. 
My cousin not talking to my parents about her depression caused her to commit suicide. Gary not talking to anybody about his drinking problems. He automatically died because of that. He experienced a traumatic car accident because of something that he wasn't willing to face head on. Especially as a black man. As a black man, oh my gosh, it is, it's so hard to talk about mental health with people because of, again, the things that we've endured as a culture, as a, as a people, as a movement. So when a man talks about his mental health, it's automatically frowned upon and swept under the rug like, oh, you know, it, it'd be cool, you know, brush it off and keep it moving type of thing, but it's really not. And I just, I need people to understand that this slogan, it's okay not to be okay. Like, this is real. This shit is real. And if you can't talk about it, the least you can do is start doing your research and finding the resources to help you cope with maintaining mental health. Because the statistics for the suicide rate, drug driving rate, all of that, it's it's increased <laughs> in a way. But you got to know that there's somebody out there that's willing to listen to your story and to know that you can get through it. But you have to find the right person to help you through the situation. Family members, same thing. If you notice that something is off about a family member, more likely they're struggling with anxiety, anxiety, and depression. Don't ignore it. Please don't ignore it. Because oftentimes we just need somebody to tell us that it's going to be okay. That it's okay not to be okay. That you can talk to me. You can confide in me if something is troubling you. I was so happy that my family and I, when we had our one family game night, we all actually sat down and we talked about, you know, the times where we've struggled with depression. And my dad brought it up because he was, he said he was so happy that, you know, our family was like our mental health was in great condition when in all actuality, several of us in our family were struggling with depression and he didn't know that. But it was good to have that conversation with my family because each of us, you know, looking around the circle, everybody seems to be fine. But in all actuality, we're not okay. But we need to have that hard conversation with our family members so we know how to move forward from stuff like that. We know how to find the help that we need, the closure that we need. But most importantly, so we're not self-medicating, where we're drinking, we're smoking, um, inflicting self-pain on ourselves, uh, finding healing by just doing stuff that's not good for our bodies. Um, sometimes, you know, people have sex to cope with depression. Because they're seeking this feeling. They're trying to um, find something 
or replace a feeling that's not there. Uh, Solange crane in the skies like that's that talks about the many symptoms you go through when you are depressed and everything that she tried to do to help with her depression. And I really, really identify with that song because it's true. We try to find everything that we can to pretend like we're not going through something, but we really are suffering in silence. But anybody that's listening, I just want you to know that you don't have to suffer in silence, that there is somebody out there that you can talk to. Honestly, you can talk to me. Matter of fact, if there's anybody that wants to just send an email or want to send a shout out, uh, I want you to email booking at gmariemedia.com. That's B-O-O-K-I-N-G at gmariemedia.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and like us on Facebook at the G Marie Smith. That's T-H-E-G-M-A-R-I-E-S-M-I-T-H. I'm going to end the podcast a little early just because um, it, this is a tough subject for me to talk about, uh, especially because people know me as, you know, Gabby with the bubbly personality, always making everybody laugh, the class clown, et cetera, et cetera. But oftentimes um, some of the people that seem the most happiest are struggling the most with mental health. Like I, I understood why Kate Spade was feeling the way she was feeling. I understood why Robin Williams felt the way he felt. There are so many people out there that we just really think are, you know, living their best life, but in all actuality, they're not okay. So check on your strong friend because you never know. You never know what a person is going through. You never know um, what's on their mind. And just know that it's okay not to be okay. Well, this has been episode eight. And again, I just want to thank you all for listening. And I will kick it with y'all soon. Talk to you later. Bye.